Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who talks to us in His way, because of the man who brings wicked to bite you to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for Him. Do not fret yourself in Him who talks in His way. Tell to the man who brings wicked seeds to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. And I like the way that the Lutheran James says it. It only causes harm. Well, if you would stop right there, that would be a good sermon. God has told us in His Word, don't fret. However, we're human. And I don't know about you, but as a human, well, you know what, let's go ahead and change that for a minute. Nowadays, we can't really define what a human is, can we? We don't even define what male and female are anymore. Somebody help me out here. But what a human is, and you probably already know what a human is, is God's creation. That's really what we need to put it down to. God made us. God gave us life. God made us who we are, and we're busy trying to change who we are. And we're going to find out that as we're changing who we are, trying to change who we are, we find ourselves fretting. We find ourselves constantly worrying and constantly anxious about something that we cannot control. The Bible tells us don't fret. But as humans, it seems to be in our nature. In fact, that nature was in person when sin came in. Passed it on to child, 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 child. It's now part of human nature to fret, to worry, and not only that, but to lie and to sin. We pass it on, that nature to sin. The Bible, however, gives us great advice that don't fret, it only causes harm. Now, don't fret is a repeated command in Psalm 37, you probably figured out. Are you a fretter tonight? Do you allow people in situations to gnaw at you, corroding your thoughts, and consequently your entire Tells us why we should not fret. Check out the Psalm inside of Psalm 37. Evildoers will be cut off. This is from 37, verse 9. Let's read that together. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. So when we fret about what evildoers are doing, really what we're doing is giving them credence. We're giving them a reason to keep on bothering us. When they're no longer the object of of your worry, then they no longer are the object of your concern. This is what the Bible says here. Uh, evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. You ever heard that little saying before? The meek shall inherit the earth. That's in the scriptures, isn't it? But have you heard mankind's answer? Well, in the meantime, the strong will make a pretty good living. Have you heard that before? Well, I didn't coin the phrase. Meaning, until God sets that in order, the strong make a good living. That's the world we're in right now, where the strong bully, browbeat, scare, and oftentimes force the meek into doing something they don't want to do, and they become fretted. The Bible tells us, don't be a fretter. Don't do it. We need to understand something. Number one, we need to put the work in our lives right now. The evildoers will be cut off. Let's look at that phrase, cut off. Cut off means to be snapped off with a knife with scissors, with a machete. It doesn't really matter what the instrument is that removes it, but it's removed from what gives it life. To be cut off is to be removed from what gives it life. Think about that for a second. Now let's think about it as a tree. 
Some of us have trees in our backyard. Some of us have trees that are dying now because of the drought. Uh, if you have fruit trees, some of them are beginning to dry up unless you're watering them at this moment. But what happens when you cut a branch off of your fruit tree? Generally speaking, unless you're some sort of uh, tree expert that can somehow root that branch, I kind of got a chance to grow stuff on the side. What happens when we cut the ability for a warrior, or excuse me, someone who's angry at us, someone who holds something against us, when we cut that off, they end up passing away. Look at what the Bible says in verse 9 of Psalm 35, 37. For an evildoer shall be cut off. Rest assured, God knows what you're going through. Rest assured, God has heard, God has seen, and God hears your prayers. And incidentally, we want you to know tonight that evildoers will be cut off. But, here's the contrast, those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. They will inherit the earth. Something about uh, land, something about Israel, is what we're talking about right here tonight when we're looking at this particular word, earth, or rest there, would be that Hebrew word, and literally what it means is the land. And as far as Jews or Hebrews were concerned, there was no world past Israel. That was as far as they wanted to go. Israel, God bless Israel, the apple of God's eye. And if you're Jewish, it is still a home away from home, and it calls us. We dream about it. It's like something we can't get to. And to this day, Jews dream about making something called Aliyah. That's where they get on the airplane, they fly back home. And they arrive and make that trip back home. They quote Psalm 37, 9. They shall inherit the land. They shall inherit the earth. The Bible gives us a contrast. We need to put the words in. Remember, we're not supposed to fret. What we need to understand is when we fret, we give evil to his power. However, when we put God's work in our lives, we need to understand that evil to be cut off. And those of us who wait on the Lord will inherit the earth. Let's take a look at the next one. The arms of the wicked will be broken. Look at 37, 17 here. If you look down inside your Bible there. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Arms of the wicked will be broken. We've got a picture of them being cut off, and now we've got a picture of their arms being broken. Now, some of you may know that my sons have come home from military service, and one of the things that we've been watching on TV here lately is some mixed martial arts fighting. And as neat as that may be, it no longer stokes my interest. I'll be honest with you. Uh, when I was younger, it was something I loved watching, but nowadays, it just doesn't do my heart good to see someone's arm be broken. Have you ever watched that before? That's a pretty brutal shot. You know, it really doesn't make you smile or laugh. Instead of like, your mama's going to be mad at you. You should not have been in that ring. Don't do that. You get the picture, though, of the arms of the wicked being broken. The arms of the evildoer. That's where their power is. And that's how they reach out and grab you. And that's how they hold on to you. And that's how they grasp you. And sometimes...
who are evildoers are going to be cut off. Those arms of the wicked are going to be broken. But God's going to hold us up. God's going to give us the strength to keep on keeping on. And that's what you need to do tonight. Look again with me in verse 17. The Lord upholds the righteous. That means that you've got the strength to keep on keeping on. Do you feel like giving up? Do you feel like quitting? Do you feel like there's nothing you can do to win? I want you to know that in Jesus Christ, there is the ability to overcome. I want you to know in Jesus Christ, you can do all things to Him who is Jesus. You know the Scriptures quite well. Do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Arms of the wicked are going to be broken. Do you know you may feel like you have a hold on you right now? One of these days, The man of peace will have a posterity. The transgressors will be altogether destroyed. We're going to find this in verses 37 and 38 of Psalm 37. Mark the blameless man, the Bible says. Mark him. When you look at that in context of you notice him. Not just notice him, learn from him. Not just learn from him, make him a role model. Mark him. Do what he does. Say what he says. Act how he acts. Mark the blameless man and observe his life. For the future of that man is peace. Do you want peace in your life? Become blameless. How do you become blameless? So the Bible tells us how we do this. Number one, we become Christian. Somebody say amen. You can't become righteous on your own. You can't make it on your own. No matter how hard you try, there's no religious system, there's no religion, there's nothing that can make you right except for the blood. We need to mark the blameless man. In other words, if we look at that in modern day theology, if we look at theology today, mark the one who truly holds on to Jesus Christ. Mark that one who believes. Mark that one who cries out to God. Mark that one for God is his deliverer. Let me tell you, God is a mighty deliverer. In experiencing God, we've been learning a lot about how to do the will of God, how to find it. God, show me what you want me to do. And that's pretty much how our prayer summed up, isn't it? Well, we're learning that God gives us invitations to join Him. And when we learn to put aside our, our sin, and we learn to put aside the distractions of this world, and we learn to start seeing what God is working around us, little things come up that we usually wouldn't recognize. Little things that we put aside as coincidences. Kind of a sudden we start realizing that God's working and it's an invitation for us to join Him. And we start joining in what God is doing, becoming faithful in what God is doing. And then those things get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to the point of doing things that are God.
day he's going to set the record straight. And he's going to vindicate. He's going to judge this world in righteousness. And those that lived in unrighteousness and they believed that they had an upper hand in the world, even though it seems like they escaped judgment now, one of these days they will have Mark that one who holds you to God's Word. Mark that one who prays. Mark that one who makes church, makes Christianity, makes his relationship with God a higher Observe him for the future that man is But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. There is no hope for the cut off. There's nothing left to keep it growing. Posterity of the wicked will be cut off, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. This is from Psalm 37, verses 38 and 39. We're looking at these contrasts now. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked will be cut off. Salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. Look at the contrast. We have those who live wickedly, those who decide that evil is their way and their course goes to think that it's easier and they have to hold that easier life. They're going to be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in times of trouble. Now, we've heard over and over in Psalm 37, don't fret. Don't fret. In fact, we've heard it like this, don't worry. We've heard Jesus say it in the Sermon on the Mount, don't worry. In fact, don't worry about tomorrow for sufficient thereof is the evil of tomorrow. In other words, there's enough about tomorrow that it doesn't need your worry to add to it. In fact, your worry doesn't do anything to help. You can't change one hair from black to white. We've read about this thing before. Somewhere down the line, we need to change the same nature. That nature then is constant battle with us. Worrying about it. Worrying about it. In fact, easy stand up in the pulpit and say, don't worry, God's got this. Sometimes it doesn't work out the way you think it should. Sometimes who we consider to be the good guy doesn't always get the gold medal. Contrary to the movies we watch where the Christian repents and he gets right with God and he starts reading his Bible and the very next day he starts seeing the salvation of God. Everything falls in order. He's getting ready to be divorced but then the suddenly his wife falls back in love with him because he started reading his Bible. If only... If only that's the way it works. He's here. He didn't see a single one like that in Psalm 37. What you saw was Mark the righteous. What you saw was Amen. You saw that one of these days the arms of the wicked are going to be broke off. One of these days they're going to be cut off. And that's our hope. And that's what we're holding on to right now. Because we serve a God, listen to me now, we serve a God whose ears are not deaf and his eyes are not blind. And I promise you, he sees, he knows, and he hears. He left me, and I'm 
raising his children on my own. But she saved God. And she saved her righteous life. And she says, God, help me. And she's the one that gets up and works one, two, three jobs. She's the one that feeds each and every one of her kids. She's always tired. She's always hurting. She's the one that never stops, never ends. And then she gets on and she says, I can't keep going. And God says, I will take you where you need to be. I will cause you to come through. Sometimes when we make the wicked our focus, we lose the main. And that's really what we're talking about tonight. When we're worried more about what's going to be doing that, we lose the focus. I know I'm not preaching to the choir, and I know I'm not preaching a typical John Sermon. We don't often hear things like that. But here's the picture that we need to get to. Number one, are you ready for this? Number one, when we take our focus off of God and put it on things that are happening in the world, then we too have become a part of the problem, not a part of the solution. Christians are supposed to keep their focus up on God. We're supposed to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're supposed to be following Him, following His Word. If you were to be able to flip in your Bible, and I bet you can, to Isaiah 66 and verse 1, you would read with me what the prophet says there. He says, this is God speaking. He says, hey, the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. You are trying to build a house for me, but where are you going to build a house for me? I'm that big. I'm that big. This is Isaiah 66 1. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? So you know what, Christian? When you lose focus off of God, and you put it down on the earth, then you've taken your eyes off of the face of the Savior and put it down in the sea. I know that here in the year 2023, feet have taken on a whole new meaning. But when I was growing up, feet were not all that attractive. When I was growing up, feet were considered something disgusting. And in some cultures, especially Middle Eastern cultures, the bottom of the feet was not to be shown to certain people because it would be insult. Some people say it still is. When I was a Pain, we had a uh, mission class uh, by Professor Dr. Horton. He was a wonderful man. He was, uh, I can't tell you what country he was in, but he was uh, a missionary that received quite well there through the North Atlantic Mission Board. And he went into there, brand new into his mission field. He got to meet the king of that country. Of course, they invited him in for dinner, and he sat down. And being a Western male, he sat down and immediately crossed his legs. Of course, he didn't cross his legs like a Roman would. He crossed his legs like a man would with his foot up high like that. And, of course, the bottom of the shoe was pointing directly at the king. And the country was insulted. Of course, this was on there in national television. The king was. And they came and together and said, you know... You are doing an obscene gesture to our king. And he said, how? And of course, they said, you're doing an obscene gesture to him. share the gospel inside of that country. And the king, a part which he was well known, the man who insulted the king. Of course, he was in good nature and the ignorance, of course. But it was a beautiful thing. My point is this. When you take your eyes, though, off of what God is doing, and you put them down on the earth, then you're missing out on the face of God, and you're missing out on the direction of God. Instead, you're too busy looking at the feet. When you're looking at the feet, you don't really know what's going on. Spent years in the boxing ring, and if I spent time looking down at my opponent's feet, I would be knocked out. Are you hearing me this evening? You need to be looking up 
at God, looking at Him in the face. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, uh, excuse me, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that we need to keep our focus, now paraphrase it, but we need to keep our focus up on Jesus. We need to be there with Him, looking at Him, keeping our eyes fixed upon Him. And what happens when we take our eyes off of Jesus? We end up fretting. Exactly what the Bible told us not. We end up worrying. We end up saying, how is this going to happen? This is impossible. I want to remind you, nothing is impossible with our God. Amen? Not one thing is. And so when we keep our eyes on Him, then we're going to find out that He's going to lead us to the place we ought to be. Sometimes we forget that. And sometimes we forget that God is supposed to be taking us where we're supposed to be. Instead, we say, God, I need to help you out. God, you don't know it as well as I do. I need to see where I'm going. I want to share with you something from my life. Unfortunately, I've spent much time in the hospital. Many times I've received stitches or surgeries. Many times they would say, Don't look at it, don't look at it. And I'd say, I got a stitch. Of course, they would usually relent and allow me to look at what happened down there. You can't do that with God. Because faith never comes by sight. Faith doesn't come by what Faith only comes by what you speak. I quote now from the book of Romans 10 and verse 17. Romans 10 17. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It never comes by what you see. If you want to see God doing something, you're going to miss out on what God is doing. What you need to do is start opening your ears and start listening to what God is doing. And to do that, you've got to be looking up into heaven, looking at the face, and asking God, What are you doing? And where are you going? And you know what? He guides us step by step with His Word. Are you hearing me now? Psalm 119 talks about God's Word. It's a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our path. God's Word takes us where we need to be. We're supposed to be walking on it. We're supposed to be talking on it. We're supposed to be meditating on it. We're supposed to be eating it. We're supposed to be feeding upon it. We're supposed to be spreading it. God's Word never wants about what we see. The problem is, though, is when we take our eyes off God, we begin spreading it. We began worrying. We began to be anxious. Put your eyes back where it belongs. Because when you put your eyes back on Jesus, that means you're focused on what He's saying. And what He's saying, He's taking you where you need to go. And so I want to give you a picture now. Just a picture in your mind's eye of, of a Christian life, of a Christian walk. We're supposed to have our eyes upon Jesus. He's the captain of our salvation. Fix our eyes upon Jesus. We're supposed to be looking up, as Isaiah says, uh, as Isaiah says, up into heaven, up into the, the throne room, not down at the feet. We're supposed to be focused on God. We're supposed to be looking at Him, and only that we're supposed to be listening to His word. Remember Romans ten seventeen. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Here's the picture I have for you, though. Psalm one nineteen tells us, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path." about you, but I've never once in my life seen eyes on my feet. So why is it a, a light unto my feet? Why is it a lamp then unto them? Because faith doesn't come by what you see. It comes by what you hear. And the picture that David gives us as he writes Psalm 119 is God's Word is going to take us where we need to go. And so I want to give you this picture then of a Christian life. You see, this world, this world is dangerous, as you know. This world is tricky, as you know. This world has temptation. It has all kinds of persecution, it has tribulation, and it's got something else in it called the devil. And the devil comes, and he speaks to us, and he lies to us, and he tries to get us to take our eyes off of Jesus and put them somewhere else. 
literally what he tries to do is get us to quit listening to what God has to say. He wants us to stop listening to what God has to say. And when we stop listening to what God has to say, then we start listening to what the devil says. I want you to go back with me in your mind's eye to the Garden of Eden, back in the book of Genesis, where the serpent comes in and says, Did God really say that? Don't listen to what God says. Listen to what God says. And that is still the lie the devil brings today. God didn't really say that. God didn't really do that. God didn't really send a flood. God's not really going to judge this world. Jesus isn't really coming back. You know what? He is. So the Christian's life then is learning how to listen. It's learning how to figure out which one's God, which one's the devil, which one's the world, which one's the judge, which one's you already know how you do it because we do have one step we can take. We have one place in our Christian life that we get to see, we get to hold, we get to read. And my personal belief is on Judgment Day, it's one of the books that's going to be open. Why didn't you read it? You had 66 books there full of what God has to say on what you're supposed to do, on where you're supposed to be, on what you're supposed to be doing, how you're supposed to respond. 66 of them. People ask me all the time, how come God's not talking to you? Well, we've got a lot to say. 66 volumes of books. 66 of them. We're going to focus in on the gospel of the world. We're supposed to be feeding God's Word, reading God's Word, walking on God's Word. It's a line to our feet, it's a lap to our path. So now, this Christian walk, though, that I'm talking about is looking a little bit differently in this world, because this world is deep, it's dark, it's dangerous. You ever been somewhere where the fog is just about shoulder high? I know my shoulders are probably at their knee high, but anyway. You ever been where the, the fog and you can't see through it? Now, I want you to think about the world like that now, and you're trying to make your way through this world. You can't see what's under the fog. Even if you jump down under the fog, all you can see is white. You can't see anything. And you know when you stand back up that the ground is littered with broken glass. It's littered with what we need to protect this world. Thorns and stickers and scorpions and spiders and tarantulas and bears and tigers and lions and everything else you can possibly imagine. There's holes in the ground. There is lakes and streams and there's all kinds of pits and falls underneath that fog. Think about that for a second. Think about how we're supposed to be moving as a Christian. You remember what God said? Don't you fret. Don't you fret for one minute or one iota of a second. Don't waste one second worrying about what somebody thinks about you. Don't you worry about that. God's got a plan. God's got so if you're walking through this smoke-filled world and you can't see what's underneath, it's supposed to be something in what God said. Remember, His Word is a light unto our feet. It's a lamp unto our path. So if we learn to listen, we learn to put our focus upon Jesus, we've got lots to say. We've got lots to say. So as we're walking, get your eyes now on Jesus and He's going to tell you, step ahead, step ahead, step ahead, and He guides you. Step ahead. Step ahead. One step at a time. Stop. And sometimes we say, why are you stopping me? I'm too good. I got a hang on this. Lord, I got it handled. Really, when you stop in the floor, there's a big old snake on the top of the Or perhaps 
point is this. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's directing us. And it's not by what we see. It's by what we hear. And all we got to do is keep our eyes on God. All we got to do is keep on listening. And He's going to lead us and guide us one step at a time. And it might, it might be more difficult than other people's walk. He might say, you got to jump. you got to trust me. you got to jump. you got to step up. you got to step back. you got to move one to the right, three to the right, two to the left. doesn't matter. He's going to direct you where you need to go. And He's speaking clearly. All we have to do is learn to listen. All we got to do is learn that faith never comes by what we see. It comes by what we hear. And His Word is a light unto our feet. It's a lamp unto our path. And it will take us where we need to go. Folks, we also need to learn what Psalm 119 tells us. David writes again and he says, How can a young man keep his way pure? We were talking about that in Psalm 36. He said, By hiding your word in my heart that I might not God's Word has a way of vindicating, doesn't it? God's Word has a way of saying, that don't really matter. What matters is what God says. What does God say about you? I want you to know some things God says about you. Are you ready for this? He's going to tell me this much. And here's some things God says about you. Number one, He loves you. You say, where is that written? Well, I told you before you minute ago. John 16, that God so loves the world. God loves you. In fact, the Bible tells us in the Sermon on the Mount that the very hairs on your head are numbered. Do you think like me? That number changes every day. And God still keeps count of every day. In fact, He says when we worry, and you've already quoted it, He says you can't turn one hair from black to white. I don't know about y'all, but I've got a lot more white hairs than I do. He knows how many are there. And He knows how many are going to fall off tonight. And He knows how many I'm going to leave on my pillow. He knows how many are going to be left in the shower. And if you've been married to my wife for 25 years, believe me, you will see it here in church. Don't do it. He knows how many are going to be there. He knows the hairs on your head. And when I think about my head, I think about I like getting old. I like getting wiser. Yeah, well, with the wisdom comes the age of the pain and the arthritis and the weak legs. And that was one of the first things I experienced as a, as a, a middle-aged man. I was suddenly your legs didn't carry me like they used to. Why does that happen? Because you're only there around it. That's true. Why did they just know what else to learn? Maybe gold. Karen goes to places you don't want to. point, though. He knows those things about you. He knows all about you. He knows your name. Listen to me now. He knows where you're from. He knows what you're going to do. And He still 
talking to you and he still has a message for you. And if you don't know him today, his message for you is come home. from what we call the foot in the mouth. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe sometimes it's a coat without thinking. Maybe it's a coat with badness. Peter. Peter, however, is also a single part of him. Over to love. He's married and not really loves his wife. He loves the church.
probably something like, wow, I'll never doubt your fishing ability again. Or something like, you are a miracle worker. How did you know that? Well, you're going to fish with me every time I ever go again. Too bad, you're going.
Lord God is to us, and it is powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it is, Lord, a light unto our feet, and it is a lamp unto our path. And I pray right now, Lord, it would light up the path to you. Right now, Lord God, let it be a light to our feet, a lamp to our path, leading us directly to you. Please, Lord, take charge. Please open our hearts. by hearing God talking to you. Come on. Thank you.